All right, IGG listeners, we have a replay for you of an episode that I think is one of my favorite episodes of ours, but is a total sleeper. I know. I don't. I think we were just too early on that we didn't have enough of an audience, but I think you're going to want to hear this episode. This is about the Mandela effect. Mm-hmm. We did this, we did like a series of episodes on time and how it applies to intuition and we discussed it and the Mandela effect is one of them. And from the feedback we did get, it was really fun. And I, I heard so many cool, interesting theories that people had. I heard people, you know, telling us other Mandela effects. So cool. I think the biggest outrage was the Ed McMahon Mandela effect from the episode. I'm still upset about the Publishers Clearinghouse Ed McMahon controversy. I refuse to believe that it didn't happen. Yeah, that and Shazam. No, we don't mention Shazam. <laughs> so if you want to hear what we're talking about, go go visit this episode again for the first time or give it a listen again. I think it's really interesting and fun. And again, as always, we'd love to hear what you think. episode, we are talking about the Mandela effect. We explain what it is, give you some examples of things that have possibly been changed because of it, and then discuss theories as to why it happened. This is Heather Wood and Jamie Hayhurst, and this is the Intuitive Girl's Guide. Jamie, what do you think about the Mandela effect? I am a believer in the Mandela effect. Same. And I, I'm kind of obsessed with it. And I think that I'd categorize it as a conspiracy theory. What, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it, um, I'm not sure where it meets intuition or science or anything like that, but, um, I think there's no denying certain aspects of it. I just have no idea why they exist. Yes. And I'm going to, I'm going to explain it um, for our listeners, like exactly what it is in a minute. But I, I think everyone agrees that the Mandela effect is a thing. Not everybody Mm -hmm. agrees as to why it's happening. If it is like paranormal or not. Right. Um, And I, I wanted to, I want to talk about all the theories and all the things. And I, I think some of it you can explain away but there's a lot of it that I do think has some paranormal aspects to it. So I'm, I'm psyched to talk about it with you. Yeah, same. Let's do this. Okay. So in order to explain what the Mandela effect is, we first have to talk about Nelson Mandela. (laughs) That would be a good place to start. (laughs) So in case you don't know, Nelson Mandela was a political activist in South Africa who fought against apartheid um, and he was a an amazing political activist, um, especially active in the 60s through the 90s. Right. So um, he was put in jail um, for his activism. Um, and then he went on, after he was released to, from jail, he went on to be president of South Africa. Right. Like, that's pretty amazing to go from an activist thrown in jail to a president. Um, and... Nelson Mandela is amazing. I'm condensing him down to this really small bit, but please, I I don't want anyone to read this as me just being like, here's like a few dumb facts about him. This is an amazing, amazing man. Yeah, he was an incredible human. He made huge changes in the world, never mind South Africa. Exactly, exactly. 
Um, so Nelson Mandela died in 2013 from a respiratory illness. Or did he? Or did he? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I literally have that or did he written in my notes with three dots and you said it. So Sorry. <laughs> we share a brain. Um, so here's the thing. A lot of people, including myself, remember distinctly Nelson Mandela dying in jail. We remember his funeral. I remember watching his funeral in school in the 90s. I can picture myself as a freshman. I can picture the class I was in. I can picture the talks we had about it. I. It's more than just quote unquote, a false memory for me. It is literally like, wait, what? I remember so much of this experience. That's incredible because I do not remember that. Well, I'm on the, I'm on the team of that. Well, which is perfect because it's, it's not like everybody remembers it. It's some of us do. Right. And the crazy thing is that some people, the people who remember Nelson Mandela's death, in jail, which would have been in, again, in the nineties, the late nineties, we all remember the same thing. We remember the same timing. We remember the same TV thing. We remember watching it in school. There's so many elements that are the same. So this is what the Mandela effect is. It's like remembering something that didn't happen in like a large group of people sharing this collective memory of something that supposedly did not happen. Right. So Fiona Broom um, is the person who coined the term because she is the first one who pointed it out. She was um, speaking at something called, I think it was called Dragon Con, and I don't know what that is, but I totally think it sounds amazing. I think um, it's like Comic-Con. It's like the, the predecessor of like a Comic-Con. Yeah. Can we go someday? That's like when, if Corona's ever over, I want to, I want to go. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> so... She was speaking there, and I guess in between, like, like speeches, a bunch of the people who were speaking were, like, chatting with each other, and somebody brought up this, the, the Mandela effect. I hadn't been called that yet, but they brought up this, this collective false memory of Nelson Mandela having passed away, um, and this was shortly after he had, okay, like, they're like, wait a minute, I remember this, but it's 2013, and he just died, like, so it's, it's about this, like, feeling where you hear that something happened. Like I remember hearing Nelson Mandela had died in 2013 and being like, wait, what? Right. Is, he's still alive. Like I remember right. him already dying. Right. Like it's this weird, odd feeling. So she took to message boards and started sharing about this. And so this is where the term comes from, but it is about this effect happening in so many other areas of our lives, not just with the amazing Nelson Mandela. Right. He's just the first one that the like the collective noticed and started to pick up on. Um, but it's just an example of this phenomena. Yes. So we're going to get to some theories on why it happens. Um, but before we do that, I thought let's let's talk about some of the most well-known Mandela effects that um, blow people's minds. So okay. I'm going to. I'm going to kind of sort of quiz you, I think. I think that would be the most fun. I mean, sometimes we we have sort of like a 50-50 record on quizzes. <laughs> yeah, I was I bombed the first set of 
of questions and then I nailed the last quiz. So, so I think it's time we quiz you again. Okay, let's see. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about some of the things that people are like, have this moment that you just feel like, not just like, oh, I don't remember if that's true or not, but you remember it a different way. Let's talk about some of those. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. The first one comes from a popular, when we were kids, Jay, um, set of bears. There were a family of bears. They were a book series when we were young, and then they became a TV series after that. Um, my kids watched them too. And the name of these bears is in is one of the most popular Mandela effects. So what do you remember these bears being named? So this is, I know this one, and this is one of the ones where I'm kind of on the fence because I remember being, I remember it being the Berenstein bears. Mm-hmm. But you're going to say that it's the Berenstain bears. But I don't have like a vivid enough memory where I'm willing to like die on the sword of the Berenstain bears. You know what I mean? <laughs> like mm-hmm. if you ask me just like I would say Berenstain. That's how I remember it with an E. Exactly. And and you are you're not alone in this like wait, die on the sword thing. But you are like for when this first started coming up, it had been a while since the Berenstain Bears were uh, sort of in culture. They sort of came back. And so I think what happened was like our kids, like our generation, kids born in the 80s, grew up in the 90s. Our kids started discovering this and there's a TV show and they're watching it and we're hearing Berenstain and we're like, Wait, I if you had asked me before I watched the show, I would have said Berenstein. Yes, exactly. So it is the Berenstain, and it's spelled the last four letters are T A I N, not T E I N. Yeah, I thought E. Same. So it's so massive, and people are so confused, even to the point that the actual authors whose last name is Berenstain. <laughs> Are like you guys. It's always been Berenstein. Like that's that's literally our name, and everyone's like, I'm still not buying it. <laughs> so stubborn us humans. I know. Okay, the next one. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually give you an explain away for this one after it, which I'm not gonna do for all of them. I promise. But I I feel like this one might cause you to like drift away from this theory if I don't tell you why I think people are confused. Does okay. that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So the Monopoly guy, can you picture him? Yes. Okay. Does he have a monocle or does he not have a monocle? He does have a monocle. He does not have a monocle. He does. <laughs> he does. In my brain, he so does. He definitely and does. A lot of these tests are done like visually. So like there would be two pictures in front of you and one of them would be the Monopoly man with his monocle and one would be without, and it would be like, choose which one is the correct one. And everybody chooses the bloody monocle. Everybody is like, he has a monocle, except in reality, he actually does not have a monocle and never did. That's really annoying. Agreed. So here's, here's my little theory as to why the Monopoly man has a top hat. He's got one of those like old timey tuxedo-y jackets with the tails. Right. And I, and he's got sort of that, that like 
that look with like the little facial hair. Like he's got this real look that if you go back in in our culture and you look at people from that time period with this same hat and coat, they all have monocles. Right. So it is plausible that we just insert it because it's like, why doesn't he have it? But at the same time, how I'll counter that is, well, why didn't they draw him with one? Right. If he's representing this old timey guy. Who's yeah, he's like this old miserly banker or something. Yeah. So it, I could go either way with that one. Yeah, I know. It feels like, and it feels like for, if some of us were going to add the monocle for, because it's a, a better design, <laughs> why would so many of us be doing that? Like, if, I, I get that if like a couple of us did that, but if it's this thing where, you know, people are taking tests and the majority of people are choosing the monocle, that's more than just like a design flaw. Agreed. And it's not people going like, oh, I can't remember if he has a monocle or right. not. It's people going, I am 100% sure that the man has a monocle. <laughs> right. Exactly. Okay. This next one I love for many reasons, but I, I think that I would put this as, as possibly my favorite Mandela effect. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to ask you, so in Snow White, I want you to picture the, the Disney version that we all sort of grew up watching. Can you picture that for a second? Okay. Do you remember what the queen says, the evil queen, when she's looking at her mirror, what's the famous line? Um, mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all? Right. That's what we all remember, Jay, but it, that's not the line. What is it? Magic mirror on the wall. Well, actually, that makes more sense. Magic mirror, doesn't it? It does. But you can even, I haven't found all these references to this, like, like movies and TV shows referencing mirror, mirror on the wall. They say mirror, mirror on the wall. There's a there's remakes. There's like a weird version with Julia Roberts that didn't do very well where she's the evil. Oh yeah. She says mirror mirror. Like it's weird that we're all remembering it a different way, but I have an, an even weirder twist to this. What? Okay. The original Brothers Grimm Snow White tale. Now the Brothers Grimm didn't come up with Snow White, but they wrote a version of Snow White, right? Okay. It's from 1812. They wrote Mirror Mirror. Disney, the one that we all know, wrote Magic Mirror. Why are we all remembering an obscure version of the fairy tale from 1812? Yeah, why are we tapping into that one? Mm. Suspect. Something Suspect. here. Okay. While we're on to famous lines, um, I know that you're not a big Star Wars fan like I am. Um, not yet, as of yet. Okay, well, I'm t- definitely forcing you to watch the movie, so it's okay. But... Do you, you probably know the iconic line, um, the most famous line from this movie that Luke says to Darth, uh, I'm sorry, that Duth, Darth Vader says to Luke. Do you yes. remember? Okay. Yeah. What do you think that line is? He says, Luke, I am your father. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's not what he says. What? See, I can't verify. See, that's just me picking up cult, like pop culture because I haven't actually seen that movie. But doesn't that? Doesn't that tell you something, though? Like, you haven't seen the movie. Right. You know the most famous line from it. But you know it wrong. Like, there's something off about that. What is it? What is the right one? He says, no, I am your father. What? 
I know. So Luke says to him, like, you killed my father. And he says, no, I am your father. Sorry for the spoiler alert. Spoiler alert for everybody who's listening. (laughs) (laughs) I think that you are probably one of the few people who have never seen this movie. And probably I I don't. Right. (laughs) No, that's crazy that I, no, I definitely thought it was Luke. Okay. Um, The Ford logo. This is what I'm going to tell you guys to all go look up um, because there's no way that I can really quiz you on this because, I mean, I know that you know stuff about cars, Jay, but there's no way that you're going to, I'm going to like make you correctly draw the Ford logo and that that would be any kind of like test. Okay. But in the Ford logo, when you go, when you guys go look it up, you're probably picturing it, right? It's like white writing and it's in like a blue oval. Right. The F is written in this weird cursive way with this little loop on it yes. that if if you ask people to pick, nobody picks the right one with the loop. Oh, really? Yeah, it's almost like the F has a little eye, like an eye attached to it. It's really strange. And like, it, I feel kind of like my eyes are assaulted. I'm like, why would anyone put that stupid looking loop in there? But that's the Ford logo. And again, nobody picks it in a lineup. No, I just picture it as a, sort of a flowy f but it's not has no like twirlies or anything on it yep you're gonna have to look that up because it's it's weird okay okay another okay so this is a very famous one however i don't even think i would chalk this up to a mandela effect but i want your opinion on this jay okay is the popular tv show and movies and books is it sex in the city or sex and the city in nope it's and (laughs) what (laughs) i would say i'm failing this quiz but i think it's really subjective right it's like it's like am i mandela affected or not apparently you're passing the quiz in that you're choosing what most people choose and are, are saying like no this was changed this was what it was when did it become this i remember it as this so i i think that you're you're passing okay i'll take that so it's sex and the city. And the thing that I will say, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a, a way to, to lean in or to lean out, depending on how you feel about this one. It's hard to understand. Cause it's like sex in the city. Like people just right. say it like, as if there's just an end there. And are they saying like sex in the city or sex and the city? It's really difficult to hear. So right. that's the part where I'm like, meh, but there's, there's people, you can find them on YouTube and also TikTok if you want to search for the Mandela Effect hashtag. I did all of those things. Um, <laughs> who will show you old merch that they have from Sex in the City, and it says Sex in the City on it. What? I know. See, that's I, would, I was going to say the same thing. Like, it might just be people speaking too fast and blurring the that that word um mm-hmm. that's different if if there's actual merch to back it up i know it's weird okay merch could be printed wrong right true, true. but it's just it's just weird okay um you know the company oscar meyer yes okay how do you spell the last name meyer do you want me to sing the song to you i would really enjoy it if you did <laughs> I'm sure our listeners would really enjoy it. Um, it's my baloney has a last name. I mean, a first name. It's O-S-C-A-R, blah, 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 blah. And it's M-A-Y-E-R. Mm-hmm. It's M-A-Y-O-R. 
It's spelled like John Mayer, but everyone seems to think it's spelled either the way you said it or M-E-Y-E-R. What? I know. Weird. That is weird. Okay, the famous peanut butter. Is it Jif or Jiffy? Jif. Yeah, most people pick Jiffy. Really? I'm going to say that maybe they're confused with Skippy and the fact that there's like Jiffy Lube. I'm just going to say that. Mm-hmm. But people feel like that is. All right. This one's funny. Um, does Curious George, can you picture him? Yes. My kids loved Curious George. Same. Does he have a tail or not? He does not have a tail. He does not have a tail, except people remember him having a tail. And here's the thing. This is another generational thing. So, like, our kids' age, if you ask them, they'll say, he doesn't have a tail. But for people like our age and older, they'll be, they can remember these specific instances in the cartoon where he's swinging from his tail. I was just going to say, I kind of remember him like bouncing on his tail. Yeah. So there's that. Now, this is sort of, I think, could be like the Monopoly guy with the monocle where like when you think of a monkey, you think of a tail. Right. So maybe you're just adding it in, but it is weird that. Again, you're forming a specific memory of him using the tail, not like, oh, I can't remember. Right. right? Yes. Oh, I love this one because I am also victim to this one. Okay. Do you remember the movie in the 90s where Sinbad was a genie Listen, and it was called Shazam? I'm stopping you right here. <laughs> I'm stopping you. This is my Mandela effect moment. And mm-hmm. I think that this is what people need to experience. Like, you can give people these quizzes like, oh, is it Jif or Jiffy? And and you your ego can rationalize like why you made a mistake about it until you have that moment where you're like, no, this exists. <laughs> and like everyone is trying to tell you it doesn't exist. Then you're like, this shit is real. Exactly. So, so I do remember the movie you're about to talk about. I love that this is the one that takes you down. I think oh it's like my favorite tidbit of information in this whole podcast. I remember someone like saying it didn't exist and I was like no no it does and I googled it and I remember like there was nothing on google and I can like I can see the movie poster everything we should go ahead and explain what it is but I I remember yeah same I also remember this and can my brother and I constructed the whole plot of the movie together like it's in our brain so the, the Mandela effect going on here is that a bunch of us remember a movie called Shazam yes. from the 90s that starred Sinbad, who was playing a genie. Yes. So if you're like hearing us talk about this and going, oh, yeah, and picturing it, bad news is it never existed. There was never a movie called Shazam. Sinbad never played a genie. No, and like I remember the the poster, like I said, but I can see like the those nineties like bright colored clothes he had on, like they gave him that genie outfit, but like mixed it with sort of like pop pop fashionable clothing for the nineties. So it was like very memorable. Mm-hmm. To me it was. And I was like Google image searching it. Nothing. It's like not there. Mm-hmm. Now now if you Google it, you get Mandela effect results. Exactly. And I can even picture Jay, like the hair, like he had like a bald head and there was like that tiny little ponytail on the very top. Do you remember that? Yeah. So the thing that people say is that there, there was another movie called uh, Kazam 
that Shaq was in and he no. played the genie. No, 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 Shaq. Agreed. I would remember if it was Shaq because Shaq is one of those people. This is, Maybe people are going to be mad at me for this. It's fine. You can send me angry mail. I don't, I don't fully believe that he's like a, like a real human. <laughs> like what's, what's going on here? You're a giant. Like yeah, you he's are, a big dude. Yeah, you, yeah. He's, he's imposing. Yeah. So like, I have always really paid attention to Shaq and I think he's like hysterically funny, like whatever I, he's, I'm not trying to bash him, but like, he's somebody who's always stood out in my mind. Like you don't mistake anybody else for Shaq and you no. definitely don't confuse Sinbad and Shaq. No, cause Sinbad was a comedian and he was kind of a reverend and like he, he like in the nineties, I mean, you might be too young for this, but like, <laughs> he, you know, he was a big name. He wasn't as big as Shaq is now, like sort of forever big like that. But he had a very specific personality, a very memorable personality. Agreed. And I, I would also say like, before I knew that this was a Mandela effect thing, if you were like, you know, hey, who's Sinbad? I would have said, oh, he was a, a comedian in the 90s and an actor. Um, and he was in this this movie I loved called Shazam. And he played a genie. Like, I would have said that. Yeah, I actually can't name anything else that he was in besides, like, stand-up comedy. Like, because uh, Shazam would have been the only thing I'd be able to say that he was in. Yes, exactly. Okay. Um, what is Forrest Gump's famous line while he's sitting on the bench? Uh, Life is like a box of chocolates. Yeah, except he said life was like a box of chocolates. Oh, past tense? Yeah. Uh -uh. No, that's not what he said. <laughs> no, no. It doesn't even sound right when you say it. It sounds awkward. Especially because the next line is, you never know what you're going to get, right? So, like, is it that's, that's, like, present tense. Yeah, you're changing the tense. I get that like he's looking back on his life that that was would make sense but that's not at all how I remember it same I don't like it no no um okay so I'm I'm was never a Star Trek person um I, mm. I do have like I remember my dad watching Star Trek a lot when I was growing up so it was like a show in the background for me right. um and so I would, maybe I'm wrong about this. I'm not like the biggest Star Trek fan. So like, maybe we're going to get angry emails about this too. I don't know. But I think the most famous line from Star Trek is beam me up, Scotty. Would you agree? Oh, I was going to say live long and prosper. Okay. So you're, that's a great point. I would say maybe this is the second <laughs> most popular. That's not, that's not a Mandela effect though. <laughs> that's just a difference. Opinion. <laughs> so but you've heard beam me up scotty oh yeah absolutely i think i've said it before like jokingly to like i don't know i don't know why i would have said it I, i'm sure it's dorky but like to lift up somewhere like i hear people say this is what yeah I no i people say it like get me out of here yeah like, beam me up scotty like get get me out of here Yes, and most people picture William Shatner saying this line, okay? Yeah. Um, except he never says this in the entire Star Trek, like, series ever. He never says, beam me up, Scotty. No one says it? 
No, they, they say bean me up. There's I found one time that he said Scotty bean me up, but he never says bean me up, Scotty. That's weird. I know. Why do we all say that then? I don't know. I don't know. If it's just like, I don't know. Part of me wants to be like, like you know, humans kind of run with them <laughs> without like checking their authenticity. But I mean, for that to happen over and over and over again in different movies and shows, that's a that's a lot of um, you know, incongruity or whatever the word is. Agreed. That it's there's so many so many of these things are things that we all saw and we all misquote, even if someone's saying it wrong. And I gotta tell you, I as an older sister. I loved correcting my brother when he said stuff wrong. Like it was one of my great childhood like delights. Yeah, I bet. I bet. So I would have, I feel like I would have been really aware of people saying something wrong. I think I still am. Like I still am like a, a corrector in my head. I don't always say it out loud, but I totally correct people inside my head. So I, I feel like I would have noticed. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm a corrector too inside my head. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So you know that I have a real deep love for Mr. Rogers, right? Yes. Okay. If anyone would know what the song is that he sings when he walks out, it would be me because I love this man so deeply. Um, and so most of us remember it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, right? Don't say it's not that. Gonna ruin your childhood, Jay. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood is what supposedly he says. Huh. It's too essy. Like, sing it in your head. Like, it's a beautiful day in this neighborhood. Like, that doesn't work. No, it's not. It's the neighborhood. That's so weird. Yeah. What a bummer. I know. I'm so sorry. Like, you got it, like I've gotten it wrong for 40 yeah. years. Or didn't, Jay. <laughs> or did something happen? Or did, that right, or did they switch it? Right. Yeah. Okay, um, so re- you remember, call back to the episode that we did on JFK and Abraham Lincoln, right? How many mm-hmm. people How many people were in the car when JFK got shot? Like, including JFK. JFK was there, Jackie. Who else was in the car? Uh, four? There were six people in the car. What? I know. No, there was not. Are you kidding me? There was four. Nope. Apparently there were six. I don't even know who the other extra people are. I, I can't, I couldn't even write it down because it bothered me so much. Wow. That's weird. I have to go look at those photos. I know. Jay, we extend, extensively researched this. I think I that was, like just changed. I don't know. That's weird. Okay. The fruit of, fruit of the loom, you know, the like cute little underwear company with all the fruit. Yep. Okay, when you picture the logo and you see all of the fruit, right? Yeah. Is there a cornucopia behind the fruit, or is there just like nothing behind the fruit? Uh, there's a. I feel like back in the '80s and the '90s, there was definitely a cornucopia. I don't know if there is now, but there was. There was never a cornucopia. (sighs) (laughs) Why would I just add that in? That's what I mean. Like, okay, yes, there's like the cornucopia, you see fruit coming out of it, but I don't feel like the cornucopia is like enough of a a reference in our brains that we would add it in, like a monocle to a, like an old-timey banker. Like, why would we add that? 
No, actually not regarding underwear. Like, why would we feel compelled to add that in? No, weird. Okay. I'm going to give you the one that I just found, and then I'm going to give you one more, and then I'll we'll start talking about theories because I don't want everyone to get bored with all of these. But, okay. Do you remember when Ed McMahon, back in the day, was the spokesperson for Publishers Clearinghouse? Yes. Yeah, you know you don't because he never was. Yes, he was. <laughs> was. I know. He wasn't. He never worked for Publish of Clearinghouse. And he had that stupid skinny microphone. Yeah, and he would like surprise people and knock on their door and it would be Ed McMahon there with money. A big check. Like yeah. a big oversized check. You know, he never did that. Come on. I know. I know this one hurt my head so bad. Again, if you said, tell me about Ed McMahon, I would have said he was, you know, Johnny Carson's sidekick. Yes. He hosted many like random TV shows yep. and he was the publisher's clearinghouse guy. He wasn't at all. No. <laughs> In fact, publisher's clearinghouse never had celebrities handing out checks. That wasn't a thing. What? I know. <laughs> no, this isn't. See, this is different than like Sex in the City and Sex and the City. Like th that's that's sort of just like a little discrepancy. But this is just a flat out wrong memory or faulty memory or something. So the best I could do is like he um, would sometimes do something for something called American publishing, but this was not giving away money or checks. It just has the name publishing in it, but I don't, I don't buy that. We misremembered it because I literally like, I, I can remember this. And I even found people with like Halloween costumes dressed up as Ed McMahon holding big giant checks. <laughs> First of all, that's a great costume. I know. I it. Second of all, what the hell? Right? Okay. I get I, I'm, this one, that Fine. one makes my head spinny. Okay. My last one for you is the existence of somebody, again, who maybe I don't put into, I totally believe this is a real human. Like maybe it's an alien or some other being. I, I don't know. Okay. So Elon Musk. Okay. <laughs> You're already talking about him. Okay. He is somebody that is referenced often with the Mandela effect. So there was, there was a man, he chooses to re remain anonymous. Um, I don't know why, but I think it's probably because he's like a, a professor or whatever. But he, um, we'll call him Jim. Okay. okay. Jim was um, a TA, a teacher's assistant. And he, his whole entire life was obsessed with space. Like anything to do with space, he he knew like since he was like seven like this this man was obsessed with space and so he was a TA so he went into the class one day and suddenly everyone is talking about somebody named Elon Musk in SpaceX as if it has always been around and no one and he's sitting there having that moment that you just had when I told you Ed McMahon never handed out checks for publishers clearinghouse like it, it like there he's like what is happening to the right. point where he even like asks a few questions and everyone in the room is like what are you talking about Elon oh. Musk um they referenced that he also had started um I think it was PayPal like one of those um yeah. and yeah. like he was like I have never heard of this man 
and he's SpaceX, he's Tesla, he's he has those ties to PayPal. So he's like, what the heck? So he goes on to Reddit. Mm-hmm. Um, this was this was like 10 years ago, so that's why it's Reddit. And he starts posting about it, and a ton of people are like, I had a very similar experience. I was in a room and everyone's talking about this guy that I had never heard of. And like, why hadn't we heard of this this like genius cajillionaire, you know, guy? Like, where did he come from? I'm actually in that camp as well. I don't, not that I'm a scientist (laughs) or an academic at all, but I remember hearing, I think actually hearing on the radio, someone talking about Elon Musk, but it being like, as if everyone knew who he was. And I remember that feeling of being like, who, what are they talking about? Like, and thinking I would remember that name. It's not like he has a name like Joe Smith, where you would just miss it. You know, like Elon Musk is very, um, memorable. So mm-hmm. I remember having, it wasn't earth shattering to me, like it was to this gym person, <laughs> but I remember being like, I've never heard of this guy. Like, where have I been? I, I don't know. Same. I don't know. Yeah. Same. As I feel like I am pretty up on like this. Oh my God. I sound so old when I'm saying this. I was going to say I'm pretty up on pop culture. <laughs> I'm also old. Um, but I had the same experience where it was actually my husband who started talking about him because of Tesla. Like he was super interested. My husband went on to work for Tesla for a while, but like he was talking about this guy that he had just found out about and he's like so amazing. And he has, he started a space program and I'm like, wait, there's a space program. That's not NASA. Like, I just remember like, we should have heard about this guy. Then I thought like, well, who do I remember inventing PayPal? I'm like, I don't, I don't remember anyone even inventing PayPal. Yeah, exactly. That was a big deal. Like we should know who did that, but we yeah. didn't. It was a weird, I'm with you. It was like, wh- where did this guy come from? Right. It, there's a glitch somewhere there. Glitch in the matrix for yeah. sure. Okay. Um, those are, those are my Mandela effects for you. I'll put some of those in the show notes for, for listeners. If you want to look like I'll put the Ford logo, I'll put some like next to each other and you can try to choose which one's right and wrong. Um, but it'll blow your mind and you can also Google these things and you'll see them, but like it, it really, something will get you one of one or two of these will really like, like get to you and you'll be like, Oh, something's going on. And maybe I'll do a hand-drawn sketch of the Shazam poster since it doesn't actually exist. <laughs> Please. I'll draw it from memory. <laughs> <You can. laughs> I think we talked to Sinbad and we're like, can we just create this movie now? Because we all remember it. Like, let's just yeah. do it. Like, we could all put the plot together if we all work together, right? Absolutely. Okay. Yep. All right. Let's do it. Sinbad, if you're listening. <laughs> we'll be right back after this short break. You guys have heard our ad for Restoration Coffee, so we thought we'd do a quick Restoration Coffee Real Talk or Resto Real Talk. What do you think, Jay? Well, I mean, I love Real Talks, but <laughs> I love Restoration Coffee, so this is really like where I where I live. Yeah, it, it's, it's a good lane for us. <laughs> this is my lane. <laughs> well, the first thing that I love about Resto that I think everyone needs to know, here in Massachusetts where we live... There are a ton of coffee shops, but there aren't actually a ton of great coffee shops. So is a great 
coffee shop. The baristas know what they're doing. They know what they're making. They understand the science of it. They're not just like pushing buttons and coffees dumping out. They're really making excellent, high quality coffee. They are. They're the best. So good. And then the, beyond the baristas and what you're getting, you can also get the beans. Yes. And oh my God, it's the best coffee, don't you think? Yeah. And like they're roasted themselves. Resto roasts their own beans. They're ethically sourced. They're not dunked in syrup or whatever happens to make like crazy flavors. Like they're really great, high quality, high end beans that you're getting. And you don't even have to be from around here to get them. You can order them from wherever and they'll ship them to you. And then the other thing I realized after going there so much was that a lot of places offer vegan or gluten-free or dairy-free stuff. And whenever I see it, I'm always like, I don't know if I want that. When I go to Resto, a lot of the times I order things and they're already gluten-free and dairy-free and I don't know it and they're delicious. Like they're just so good. It's so good. Even if you don't have a reason for needing to not have that stuff, have it. It's delicious and you'll feel great after you eat it. Yeah. So it's like this magical blend of taking care of people that need certain dietary help, but also making it really delicious too. Exactly. All right. I'm sold. Let's go. Let's go to Resto. why this might be happening there's a bunch of different theories jay you're gonna do one theory but i'm i think the theory that you're gonna talk about is the most interesting so how do you feel about us doing that one last sure okay yeah um so the the main theories let me just let me just tell you what the theories are and then there's one that i kind of want to talk about more than the others and then i want to talk about yours Okay. So some people say that the reason this is happening is because there are parallel universes or something called the multiverse and something happened Mm -hmm. and we switch from one to the other or we're suddenly in a different one than we were in before. Um, I sort of think of it as like, you know, in Stranger Things when the boy gets stuck in the upside down. Yes. That's sort of how I picture like parallel universes working. So we're either being sucked in or someone like Elon Musk is jumping into our universe. Something weird is happening with the multiverse. That's one theory. Okay. Now, if you fall down this sciencey rabbit hole, maybe you're, you hear that and you're like, that's way too far-fetched or it just sounds like something out of like a Marvel movie. Scientists, there are many scientists who believe that there are, there are, there's a multiverse and there are parallel universe. Like this is not just yeah. being woohoo trippy. Oh yeah. Lots of scientists um, have theorized different universes and multiverses. Exactly. Um, the idea of alternate realities um, that we sort of in our brains switch in between um is another one so like you know there's the whole thing about like our brain hallucinates our reality um and that it sometimes switches tracks um that's another one where they say that could be to blame that one doesn't make me feel great i don't like that one i actually like the upside down parallel universe one better yeah um time travel which we've been talking a lot about Um, is another one. I like this one, Jay. I like it because it's talking about like the butterfly effect and it's talking about how, you know, I know some of these things are really small, like in the scheme of things, Curious George having a tail or not, like why would that change? But if you, if you read about the butterfly effect and like teeny little things changing because someone goes back in time, I think that one's a little bit plausible. 
So you're saying you think that the Mandela effect is basically just like a side effect of time travel? Yes, people are time traveling. <clears throat> maybe they're in the future, maybe they're in the past, maybe they're they're time traveling right now. And they're going back and just their existence back there changes one little thing <clears throat> and everything changes. Like like Biff going back in time with the almanac in uh, Back to the Future. Like right little things being changed like yeah it causes these tiny little glitches and all of us are like wait a minute I remember the old way and some people are like no I rem I don't remember they didn't notice the difference because it didn't stand out to them for whatever reason all right I, I can get on board with that one that one that one feels okay okay um and then you're going to do a theory in a second, but I want to I want to talk to you about the psychology element of it, because I want to explain it. I think some of it is really uh, plausible, but then I'm going to sort of undo it a little bit after that. <laughs> OK, OK. I love psychology. I study psychology. I study human behavior. I study the brain. I'm a huge fan of that stuff. So I think it's important to be like, let's look at what psychology says about the human brain, about why this might be happening. Yes, I like that idea. There's a thing called collective misremembering. And that's what psychiatry will say is responsible for all of these Mandela effects. So collective misremembering, I could explain for eight hours, but I will not do. I will condense it down. But I, I want you to know it's, it's a more complicated thing than how I'm going to explain it. But basically, our brain has, has two things that we think are attributing to this. One is that our brain loves a pattern. It loves a pattern. So is, let's, let's take the Monopoly man with his monocle or not for a minute. Our brain has like filed in it all these, these images that look like the Monopoly man of a, a guy with the hat and the, the coat with a monocle. So because it does that, it just fills in the monocle for you, even though it's not there because your brain is seeking patterns all the time. That makes sense. Okay. The other thing that your brain does is it fills in empty space. Your brain doesn't just let something be a, I don't know. Like when you ask someone a question and they say, I don't know, I, do, I can't think of anything. They're not telling the truth because the brain always thinks of something. What they're saying is I don't feel confident enough in what my brain just came up with to say it out loud. Gotcha. That's why people are terrible um, like witnesses in courtrooms exactly exactly so um like for example if i say to you why is the sky blue you might not know the actual answer to that but something there's a process that's going to start happening in your brain where your brain is going to immediately pop in a theory and you're intuitively going to figure out how much you trust that theory or not but your brain has to come up with an answer so your brain might have gone like <clears throat> I wonder if it's because there's so much ocean and then it's blue and then your intuition might go, that's not right, but that's a simple enough explanation that we grabbed it and there's got to be some element of truth to it. So what your brain is going is this is the answer we come up with and our, your intuition's going, but we know it's not the real answer. And then if you go a little further, your brain will start to grab more if you push past that, right? If you just go, I don't know there, your brain will just be like, Meh. But if you're like, what, what else is there? You'll start to get something like, 
I think it has to do with prisms and light and our viewpoint. Like, so you'll get more. It's just that you don't know enough that your brain didn't save it. It couldn't explain it easy enough that it didn't like save that information to be easily accessible. Does that okay. make sense? Yep. So it, what that theory says is that like, you don't, you don't know when you when I say to you, does the monopoly man have a monocle or not? You don't actually know because your brain didn't store in from, it didn't go like, you know what, let's flag the monopoly man. He's going to be important someday when you're on a podcast and someone says, does he have a monocle or not? So it just feel, it just is like, um, I think he does, you know what I mean? And it, it just, it grabs a story. Right. And that's called just memory. Like when you, like you, you, like you have like a general idea of something, but you're not exactly sure of it and that, that your brain stores it as like, as like just memory. Exactly. Our, I'm going to tell you one more part of this, but I, I feel like this is a good time to say that like our memories are not very good. The human brain is not very good at remembering. Right. In fact, I fell down a rabbit hole, Jay, about how when you're remembering a memory, you're not remembering the memory. You're remembering the last time you remembered the memory. I've heard that before. And that <laughs> it's such a spin to think of it like that. Oh, I feel like it starts to get into like how I get confused about time travel. Like, wait, like if you go back, then the future, like the grandfather paradox, like all of that stuff. Like I, I have the same feeling when people say you're just remembering the last time you remembered the memory. Like, eh, I can't. Right. And you also are remembering what other people have said about it. Like if you and I went somewhere and I had like a vague memory of it, you could be like, oh, you were wearing that red sweater. And I could have been wearing a black hoodie. Mm hmm. But because you said it and I didn't remember, it would become like an actual memory of mine that I was wearing a red sweater and it would be false. Exactly. But you would remember it and 100% trust that memory. Right. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> um, another thing is um, the, I'm, I might say this wrong, but I'm going to give it a shot. The Deese-Rodiger-McDermott paradigm is the fancy name for this. Um, but basically this is that the thing that you were just mentioning where your brain sort of like remembers stuff in like a, a pattern, even if it wasn't there. So what this like paradigm is, is like you, you, they have you like memorize words. Okay. So let's say they have you memorize 12 words and they pop up on a screen and you got to memorize them. And then they say, okay, repeat back the words. People misremember in this very particular way. So let's say I have you like do a bunch of words like bed, pillow, blanket, dream right and I, I do a bunch of words like this but I never say the word sleep right okay you go back and tell me the words you memorized you're gonna say sleep because they all have to do with sleep I never said sleep but you'll misremember hearing the word sleep because your brain did the inference on its own your brain is like this is a bunch of words that have to do with sleep and you thought sleep and so they it makes like a, a, a thing that says sleep and then all the words come off of it but we never said sleep it just sort of gathers that and remembers it yikes i know and then lastly your brain puts things in something called schemas yep um, which is basically its filing system and it makes it easier for you to remember everything so the way I think of this is that like, instead of having everything that you ever have to do just in alphabetical order, it has it grouped by sort of category. So for example, if I said, Jay, let's go to the beach right now, your brain wouldn't have to like file through everything about what you'd have to do to go to the beach. It would just pull up the go to the beach file and it would automatically think like sunscreen, blanket, 
snacks, water, chair, right? Uh, yep. It's got a file on that already. It would like just that. pull it up. Okay. Here's the problem though. And, and this is really evident in this one particular place. They call this actually the Hamilton problem. Oh. In that when pe you say to people like, all right, name some presidents. And people will name Alexander Hamilton as a president. Oh, now, he wasn't. He never was, but because your filing system, you heard Alexander Hamilton so much when you heard like Thomas Jefferson and George Washington and all these other people. And you, you heard like, he's on a, he's on money, property, right? Like you group him in and you remember him as a president, but he wasn't a president. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, so that makes a lot of sense. Okay. So this, this part right here is what they think happened with the Sinbad movie. So I want to explain this to you right now. So oh. apparently when this supposed Shaq movie Kazam was out. <laughs> okay. You now, if you are super young, you're going to have to like Google what a, like a tape looks like. Um, but you and I can remember Jay, remember tapes that you would put in the VCR. Yeah. A VHS tape. Exactly. So on the cover of the, these VHS tapes would be like a, like a, a picture of the movie, almost like a poster that you would see now if you go to the movies, right? It'd be like right. on there. And then there would be an, a, down the bottom, there'd be like a little tiny picture that was like a preview. Okay. And like on the movie, when you watched it, the, there would be a preview for this movie that was going to come out later. Yes. Okay? okay. So that little picture would be on the box. Now, on the Shazam box, the people found the Shazam, uh, the movie was Shaq. <laughs> On that genie movie that none of us believe exists, but apparently does, in down the bottom is a advertisement for a Sinbad movie where he plays like, a, I think, a Secret Service guy or something. No. I know. So people are saying, oh, right. it's the schema. You remember right. this. Now, here's here's how I believe all the psychology stuff probably plays a part. I, I definitely do. Here's the part that I can't settle. There are some of these Mandela effects, like Nelson Mandela himself and um, us all remembering Sinbad in a movie he wasn't in, and, and like a few of these that Elon Musk's existence. Right. That cause me to feel this feeling in my gut that I get it's an intuition when something isn't right. Yes. Okay. So why would that happen if I'm just misremembering? There are plenty of times where I misremember something and someone's like, oh no, that was then, or this happened and you don't remember. And I don't get that feeling. Right. With some of these, I get that feeling. It's like this, the air gets let out of you for a second and you're like, Ugh. like it, it feels really weird you get like goosebumpy and like stuff doesn't align and you're like something happened I get like that when I'm having any kind of paranormal experience and I get like that with a lot of these same exactly I think that the, the ego can be quick to write some of it off but some of these experiences just feel off maybe yeah. not wrong but they feel off and I can see misremembering or like maybe let's let's talk about Nelson Mandela for a minute maybe I saw a different funeral on TV at school. And I, I misremember it as, as Nelson Mandela's because also like maybe he gave a speech around that time. And like my brain did the schema thing and like misremembered that. Right. Okay. I, I can, I can say, okay, why though can I remember emotions that, that doesn't make sense. Nowhere in psychology is it explaining why I can pull up how it felt. 
Right. And why are so many other people doing that misfiling that you are doing? Exactly. And why are we all misfiling it the same way? If we were like, no, no, he didn't die in prison. He died like this. Or no, no, he died here. Or he, it was this. Like, we're all misremembering it the same. That's weird. That is. And all of that put together, the emotional aspect, the collective part of it, all of those together make a very strange moment for people. Exactly. So I'm going to, I'm going to stay with the psychology part. I think some of it is, is playing a role. hundred mm-hmm. percent believe that. Um, but I don't buy that. That's the only explanation that this like collective misremembering is the explanation for it. I, I can't fully get on board with that. I'm with you. Okay. 100%. So you have a really trippy theory. I love this, that, um, you're going to tell us about why the Mandela effect might be happening. Okay. So I do. This is one of the big ones on like the message boards and, you know, all over the internet. This is one of the big Mandela effect conspiracy theories. Um, And it involves the CERN facility, which is in Switzerland. Um, It's basically a group of, if you're not familiar with CERN, it's a group of um, European scientists where they do nuclear research. Um, And this, this theory to me feels like you said, earlier Heather that like I'm in like an Avengers movie like this feels like this feels like the stuff you don't see about government like the stuff that the government doesn't let the people know like th- this is sort of that level stuff um yeah and, and I'm not saying that it doesn't happen right and I'm gonna I'm gonna add to that and say like first of all if you if you haven't heard of CERN before go look them up because they're just like wacky controversial cuckoo stuff like definitely look it up but also the government does a lot of stuff. And I think we'll probably do an episode on this at some point, but like the government has done extensive stuff with like remote viewing and like all different kinds of like psychic stuff and like extensive. So if you're hearing that there's this government thing that does these nuclear things and, and wait till she keeps going because it gets trippier and you're like, I can't buy that. You got to buy it. This happens. Oh, it definitely happens. It's just like like when and where and how bad you want to believe the scope of it is. Exactly. Um, so what happened, let's go back to 1998 when the researchers at the CERN facility were, um, they were theorizing this thing called the Higgs boson, which is a subatomic particle. And it's what we, you probably have heard God particle, what the Higgs boson is, is the God particle. And the theory behind the God particle is that before the Big Bang, everything was symmetric and nothing had mass. Like you talked about, Heather, in the other time episodes about like what was time and what was space before the Big Bang. It was very different from um, what we are now. It created life. And so what the scientists are theorizing is that this God particle happens right after the big bang this god particle exists and it's what gives everything what gave everything in the universe life mm-hmm. so um it's, it's someone referred to it as like the yeast in bread like all the all the r- ingredients exist but the god particle is the yeast that makes life begin and yep. this is like on a this is like on an atomic level. I'm not talking humans, like atoms. This is what the God particle does. So the 
problem is that this exists for such a short amount of time that there's no way for scientists to observe it or recreate it without recreating the Big Bang. So lofty goals, right? Like, like this, this is what these CERN researchers did. They said, we have to see if this God particle exists. So let's create a Big Bang. Right. Not, not dangerous at all. I wouldn't. No, I mean, right? not, not dangerous <laughs> at all. So in 1998, they took 10 years to build this like nuclear collider. They call it the collider. And it basically, they dug like these tunnels underneath, like underneath the ground, underneath the facilities, like 17 miles worth of like, of digging and construction underground to create these big machines. Um, so they created that. It took them 10 years. That brings us 10 years forward to 2008. And people know about it. Like this isn't like most of it's underground, but like the world knows that CERN is creating this collider and that they're trying to recreate the Big Bang. Yeah, like you can go back and find like news articles about that this was happening. Right. So they have this particle collider. People know it's happening. They know what day it's happening, but they don't know what time. So essentially, a lot of the world is sitting like waiting to see if we all die. Like, yeah. they don't, they, like basically part of the world, like the people that knew about it were on pins and needles right. waiting to see what would happen. I don't know if I've been Mandela affected, but like, I'm, I'm going to tell you that I don't remember this and I'm glad I don't remember this. Oh, I don't remember this either. And like, it I sounds have children, like, right. It sounds like some 2020 kind of BS thing that'd be happening, but right. it was right. back in the day. Right. So like, people were like, well, what's going to happen? Like, is this going to like bring us into this new universe and everything's going to change or are we, is it going to create a black hole and we all get like sucked away and just, and like get destroyed. <laughs> no one knew. So we waited and then we waited and nothing happened or at least nothing big enough to cause like concern or chaos. The day happened and it passed and we all lived to see another day. Right. So we didn't notice anything, basically. Right. Right? We didn't notice that anything was different. Right. Year did What year did Mandela die? So Nelson Mandela died in 2013, but um, in, it was 2009 that Fiona Broom came up with this theory called the Mandela effect. Exactly. So, that, so this happened in 2008, and then Broom started theorizing in 2009, and then it was all over the internet in 2010. So there's these years where it's possible that we start noticing glitches or inconsistencies. Um, and so what the conspiracy theorists or just the people of the internet, what they theorize is that every time the collider was used, there were shock waves that went out from our universe because it was such like a big experience it was a big bang that these shock waves went out and it rippled through our universe and made us sort of like you know the the people online will say like that we aligned with other universes and in my head i picture it as like we were bumping up against right like it kind of like it 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 rippled our universe and then we bumped up into other universes and it 
this, these people are saying that every time that happened, things got shifted, things changed. All these little things that we call the Mandela effect were affected. Mm-hmm. The thing with CERN though, is that they didn't just do this once. They didn't do this big bang thing once to observe. They didn't say, okay, we'll do this once, observe the God particle and be done with. I mean, they spent hundreds of millions of dollars in 10 years to get this done and we're humans and we're greedy, right? So we have to do more, 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 more. So they did it above. I don't know how many times they they recreated. So that's the theory is that, you know, they did it one time and like the fruit of the loom lost the cornucopia. And the next time Looney Tunes went from being spelled with two O's to being spelled with a U, mm-hmm. right? Like that's enough. People are like, why, why would Looney Tunes be you right like it's party tunes right right so so it's three times something like this happened little glitches happened every time we sort of butted up against and bumped into another universe these these mix-ups these these glitches happened yeah like ed mcmahon suddenly wasn't the publisher's clearinghouse guy right (laughs) <laughs> so then two years later is when we start theorizing and now we're 10 years later so we're noticing all of these these glitches mm-hmm. I I think this is my favorite theory if I had to pick one that was like and and I think probably all of them have some sort of like element but like I would pick this one as my favorite what about you I mean this one I like I just get I get a little lost in the like well, we're bumping into the universe next to us, but like, how come we don't all remember? How come it doesn't all get glitchy? But it's because it's not on purpose. It's like a mistake. This big yeah. bang is like sending us kind of flying and like at least atomically and particularly. So exactly. And it, it's, it's sort of like, I think about like you go to sleep one night and you wake up because like, that's, you're sort of going into another dimension. I know that's kind of trippy, but right. But you come back right, and you came back to a, like a slightly different reality, right? Like, so I don't know. I think, yeah, I love that. I'm obsessed with that one. I like that so much. There's also the theory, which I, I don't, I don't agree with actually at all, but I think it's fascinating is the, um, the simulation theory that oh, people yeah. actually think that we are in a computer. Yeah. Like, like, like people think that we're actually in the matrix. Yep. And I use that term like, oh, there's a glitch in the matrix. And I mean that. Like, I think that there's like a glitch in like the collective consciousness in like the actual universe itself. But mm-hmm. some people believe that there's actually a supercomputer that we are a part of and we don't know, like almost in like in the Truman Show. Mm-hmm. Like you don't know that you're a part of this experiment or in this case, a computer game. Right. And either the computer got something wrong or the or they're messing with little things to see if we notice exactly. and how we react. Yes. Exactly. And yeah. I think that that can be seen in real, like when we talk about human behavior, this is sort of like a, I'm digressing a bit. But you can see that in real life, like with cults and stuff. But like people who are raised and born into cults, they don't know any different. They don't know that there's like a whole world out, right? So that's not, that's not that hard for me to believe, but do I believe we're actually like 
code in a computer? No, I don't believe that. I'm with you. I, I totally am with the idea that like glitches and things could happen in the quote unquote matrix and in collective consciousness that like things get shifted. I totally believe it. I don't think that we're in like the actual matrix, like the movie or that like, um, odds. Right. I don't think that, but I do think that there is something to that because there are so many times when I think like something just glitched, that wasn't right. Like, and my brain will try to reason it somehow, but I'll be like, "Mm," you know, and I'll kind of look up at the sky, like, what are you doing? (laughs) Right. And I, and I think like to your point about like it feeling wrong is that like um, it, it doesn't settle. It doesn't sit right with me that the idea that like if something weird happens in my life, it's because someone is like messing with me or someone's screwing with me and like testing to see if I notice it. Like I do not believe that that's how this world works. Same. I don't I don't think of like a, a God or or whatever you picture to be up there like messing with us. I'm more thinking um, that like something's going on in the world that's causing stuff to shift or time to move funny or something to like happen in the past. That's why I like the time travel and butterfly effect idea, right? That like things are not flowing in like the quote unquote normal way. Exactly. I'm with you a hundred percent on that. Okay. There we go. So I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to say, well, we know the Mandela effect is real, whether you think it's like a psychology thing or you think it's because of CERN or whatever. Um, but I'm going to say I when it comes to like conspiracy theories, I love a conspiracy theory. Uh-huh. I my least favorite part of it is like saying exactly which thing is true. Like, I don't actually care that much. I just love that they exist and that there's like things to question. <laughs> same. I feel the same way. And I don't I mean. I think things, I don't think you should be able to just say theories that are like damning or, or bad about someone without backing it up. But I also don't think that every single thing in this universe has to be, or can be explained by science, right? Or at least not yet. Maybe someday the science and the, and the intuition aspect will, will meet up and we'll be able to explain it all. But I'm happy just to believe it and know, like through my own intuition that it's right. Oh, that it's wrong, right? That like, oh, wait, something's off. Yes. I, I know I I have this memory of Nelson Mandela or Ed McMahon or Sinbad, and I know it's there. So right. like, so something's wrong. I don't necessarily need to be like, I'm 100% dying on the hill of this theory. I just like knowing that like other people have thought it out and have researched and have said, let me present you with this idea. Yes, exactly. I live for that. Same. awesome this was fun jay yeah maybe there'll be some kind of mandela effect in the future about this podcast and we'll go back and listen and be like i never remember saying that one (laughs) that happens to every podcast that we make i don't remember saying any of it same (laughs) oh too funny that word up (laughs) all right well this was fun thanks jay well thank you talk to you soon all right bye bye Hey, IGG, we are officially on summer vacay. So we will be back to you with more episodes, new episodes on August 2nd. Can I ask everyone listening to do us a favor? Can you please go wherever you're listening to this, whatever platform you listen to the IGG on, can you go on for us, please? And like, 
whatever it's asking you to do, like like, follow, download, rate, write a review. We would love for you to do that for us. Hey, thanks for listening to our episode. For show notes and a place to send feedback, please visit our website, embodylove.me slash intuitivegirls. Again, that's embodylove.me slash intuitivegirls.